Hey everybody, welcome to Bear Insider Ultimate Insider Podcast. I am Mike Pulaski. This week we are talking UW, kind of the post-game post-mortem. We've got an interview with Coach Wilcox, and I'm gonna have some video for those of you that are watching this podcast on video. I'm gonna have some video of a couple plays during the game uh, that I thought were crucial in terms of the outcome of the game. Right now, let's talk about kind of a general overview of what happened at UW. This was a game in which I think both teams were pretty evenly matched. I think the offensive line, obviously, we talked about it beforehand, was supposed to be a strength for UW. I think the Bears found a way to get more pressure on defense, which is a huge sign. I think Dylan Morris is a young quarterback for UW, just his second year starting. Did a nice job of managing the game from the pocket in terms of throwing the ball away, getting rid of it when he was under pressure. So... The fact that we didn't get a bunch of sacks has as much to do with the fact that Dylan Morris was throwing the ball away as it did with the pressure that the Bears were able to put on him. I think offensively, Chase Garbers did some nice things in the game. I think it was he was efficient, uh, very efficient at times. But I also think there were some opportunities for him to make some plays that he didn't come through on as well. I think the Bears' running game needed to be a little better, a little more efficient. And I think first down really needed to be more efficient. On average, I believe in the entirety of the game, the Bears average just over two yards on first down. And it's really hard as an offense to get consistency going, to get that confidence in the drive when you're being stuffed on first down. It's just really hard when you're coming back for second and long and third and long to make things happen. Three, two. So again this week, there was uh, an issue in special teams. Snap, hold, kick should be automatic. Now, the kick's not always going to be good, but the fact of a snap getting to the holder, the holder getting it down on the ground, and the kicker getting that ball off the floor should be automatic. Uh, Jamison this week, Cal Punter, uh, mishandled a snap. And it was a tough spot. It was inside and and low. And as a holder, I can tell you firsthand, those are the toughest to handle. But you still are taking so many reps at that every single day that you've got to be able to catch that ball and put it down. I would say this no differently as a receiver dropping a catchable ball. You practice this. You're a college-level athlete. This is your position. You have to be able to get that ball on the ground, down, and snap. The DBs overall looked better. I felt like they were playing with more confidence, with better technique. They were in position. There were a couple of pass interference calls, though one of them I don't agree with at all. Um, they called they, they called it over the air on Josh Drayden. Josh Drayden was on the other side of the field. Uh, they threw the flag at Chiggy Anusium, uh, who didn't affect the play at all. And, and it wasn't even really a hold. He had his hand across the guy's hip, but it wasn't really even a hold uh, to the extent that there were a lot bigger holds during the game by the secondary on both sides of the ball. So I don't agree with that holding. Um, and, and there were a couple of pre-snap and post-whistle fouls that were big issues. And those, when those become issues, 15-yard penalties on drives, um, or excuse me, 15-yard penalties during a drive bodes extremely well for the offense. Like the scoring percentage goes up exponentially when you get huge personal fouls or 15-yard penalties uh, during a drive. And so giving a team 15-yard penalties like that pre-snap and post-snap are huge on, uh, as a defense, you can't get away with them. You can't do that. So those have to be eliminated. And on offense, you can't do it because now you set yourself behind the chains and you are in deep trouble. 
So those are some of the things. Again, we'll talk about missed opportunities. There were plenty of opportunities for the Bears to win this game, coming right down to the final play of the game. There were opportunities. But I'm going to talk to Coach Wilcox. We uh, are going to discuss kind of the good, the bad, and the ugly about the UW game. We're going to take a look at, at uh, Washington State coming up this week, and we'll get some thoughts on where this Bears program is right now as I talk to Coach. Well, joining me now, head coach Justin Wilcox. And coach, uh, obviously a rough loss up there. Anytime you lose in overtime, uh, really difficult. And so tell me your thoughts. You've had a chance now, two days, and game and film review. Tell me your thoughts on the game. Uh, I thought we competed really hard. Guys played tough. Um, we had uh, some good stretches, uh, but we were <clears> – <throat> just short and there's probably 30 plays in the game you could point to any one of them that uh we could maybe execute it a little bit better that uh, the game turns out differently so uh it's frustrating disappointing losing um if we continue to practice with purpose like we have and we continue to compete like we've competed on saturday night i think we have uh good things in store but it doesn't uh change the fact that you know, it's unacceptable losing, and, and uh, we, we expect more from ourselves there. Um, as for the game, I think, I think, you know, offense had some good moments. The turnovers hurt. Um, you know, the, there's, I think, three to, three to one in the turnovers there. And, um, but we did some good things. I think there were some guys open. Uh, we connected in some pass game, got some runs going. Uh, Nice to see some guys make some plays uh, throughout the game. Defensively, you know, really started the game strong. And then the second possession on the short field had a chance to get off the field on the third down. Uh, just in, and in good position, we didn't quite make the play on the touchdown on the post route. Uh, and then had two poor drives on defense, a couple penalties, a couple missed sacks. And then uh, second half really played, played competitively and, uh, uh, really, really strong until the their one third down there in the uh, overtime where we had a chance to get off the field and didn't quite make it. And uh, so, I think you take that. Um, and uh, there's there's some good things on tape. Unfortunately, uh, just not quite enough. And and that's kind of it's a little bit of the story of the season, right? You you win, you know, you lose. Excuse me, by five two, and then in overtime, like three games where you were a couple plays away. How, how frustrating is that for you? Oh, very, but uh, there's really nothing to do other than go back to, to practice and continue to focus on, and you know, getting better. I mean, um, we all intend to, to play well and win, and those are the expectations. And so, uh, you know, when you, when you pour everything you got into it and it turns out like that, it, it is frustrating. I'm not going to say that it isn't, but uh, there's really no time to sit around and make excuses or – feel sorry for ourselves. We got to get back at it because we'll have another challenge this week. So schematically, I don't know if they were doing something different or if it was something you see, but they're trying to take advantage of either that cover one or cover three with that fast motion and then hitting that vertical seam. Was that something new or was it misalignment? Was the eyes in the wrong place? What was going on? Uh, the, yeah. When it's three deep, it's between the strong hook defender, the flat defender in the corner and the post player. I mean, there's four guys there that uh, have to play that route a little bit better. Um, so they hit us on it in zone uh, twice, one time in man to man, we uh, a linebacker lost his eyes, which was a, a poor error there. Um, and so it's no, we, we see that route. It's a staple in college football I and mean, we see it each and every week, it seems like. And so we practiced it 
a number of times last week. We just uh, didn't quite play as well as we could have uh, against the the three deep, especially. And then the one time in man, I mean, it's, it's one guy not getting his eyes in the wrong spot. So that was uh, got to play that better. And that's always the thing they talk about eye discipline, right? That's one of those little things for guys, especially in man coverage, keeping your eyes in the right place. And offenses are designed with motion nowadays, right? Cal does it on offense. They use the motion to get your eyes in the wrong place. How hard do you coach that? What can you do in uh, terms of playing? I mean, you just got to continue to train it. And you got to trust your eye discipline. And, and when we uh, do it in practice, we have to, to uh, take that to the game and apply it. Uh, we had a couple eye violations, uh, as we just noted, on defense. And, you know, it's uh, the other guys are doing a, doing a good job of, you know, manip trying to manipulate your eyes. So you have to play really, really disciplined with your eyes. And uh, we have some guys doing it really well. Unfortunately, 10 out of 11 can do it really well, and you, you can give up a play there. So we've got to continue to coach it and uh, drill it. And then we have, to, we have to have the ability and the focus to take what we drill from practice and apply it to the game. Yeah, that's, that's exactly it. Football is an 11-man game, and if 10 dudes are playing, you're going to get beat at that 11th spot. So it was tough. Talk to me about the second half, though. Were there adjustments that you made, or did guys just kind of dial into the game in the second half? Because the second half was a completely different half. Only allow one field goal, I think only 40 yards in the fourth quarter. So what were the difference in the two halves? Um, I mean, you know, Mike, I'd love to sit here and say we put in a new defense at halftime. We didn't. We just executed at a higher level. We played more competitively. We played uh, with really good discipline. We were uh, – you know, where we were supposed to be, we were close in our coverage and competing for balls and we played better. As a defensive guy, and, and I know when I watch games, right, I want to see offenses play really well as a defensive guy. You must be the same way in terms of defenses. How does that affect you as a head coach? Um, well, I think our, our expectation is to go in and, and play well each and every week. You know, we, uh, we, the guys have done a good job in practice. I think the big thing for us defensively is, applying practice to the game. And there's a few guys who, um, <clears throat> who are getting some uh, really valuable reps early in their careers. And at times we are getting our, whether it's eye, our eye discipline or our technique, uh, something is a little bit off and a, you know, a good player, a good team will make you pay for that. So I think the guys are learning and getting better in those spots and have the ability, as we showed in the second half, we just have to do it more consistently. You know, defensively, you don't, you don't want to come out of the game saying, man, you know, 60 plays we played great and 10 plays we gave up, you know, you know eight explosives and five touchdowns because that'll get you beat. I mean, you got to do it consistently over and over and over again. We got to be able to carry, you know, again, the, the practice and the repetitions to the, to the game and apply it then. So I think there's some good moments. I thought there's some guys uh, – doing some really good things. I think Cameron Good is playing at extremely high level right now. He's a, a, impacting the game on defense. We got a turnover, a big turnover between Marcus Bimage and uh, Elijah Hicks coming in and putting his hat on the ball. So there's some good things there. Uh, we just need to, to find the consistency. One of the things that you wanted to work on coming into this game that was a big push after Sac State was getting pressure on the quarterback. And obviously that showed up in this game. Some of it was secondary. Some of it was stuff up front. Talk about how you were able to apply pressure to Dylan Morris uh, and, and the difference maker. There, some of those young guys showed up getting pressures. Yeah, and uh, the, I think that 
the guy we just mentioned has showed up in every game and Cam yeah. good. Cam uh, is really playing at a high level right now and played really, really good again. Um, I think Luke Beckett and the guys up front as the game wore on uh, continued to, you know, impact the passing game more. We did bring some pressure. Uh, we had a couple chances for sacks. We really like to have a chance to finish those uh, secondary pressure or linebacker pressure where we had them, you know, in the pocket in our grasp and couldn't quite get them on the ground. And those are big, big plays. Um, but we, again, I, I would say we probably, you know, called as many different defenses as we've called our volume and, and kind of what we're carrying. We're carrying as much as we've ever carried just to kind of continue to throw the offenses a different look here and there, whether it's, man pressure, zone pressure, max drops, four man rushes, just different looks to try and keep that quarterback, uh, you know, from getting in too much of a rhythm. And, I, and I'm talking to Cam Good this week for the podcast, which is going to be great because, I, you know, like you said, he's been performing at a high level. I saw him against Jackson Kirkland, who's, you know, supposed to be a first round pick. And one time he bull rushes and puts him on his butt. The next time he push pulls him and gets around him, for, you know, for a pressure. So he is playing at a super high level. Talk to me about going into overtime what was your thinking as you go into overtime and you know you, you as as uncomfortable as the first half must have been that second half had to feel way better and then you give yourself a chance what was your yeah. thinking going in yeah well uh you know even going back to the last offensive drive there was a little bit of thought of going for two um you know and trying taking the game right there and especially if we had time on the clock uh to force a kick, get the ball back, and even have another field goal. Uh, decided to go for one. The defense had been playing well, and we thought we could get a, you know, a quick turnaround and get them to punt the ball. Maybe we get a return and, and then go set us up for a field goal to win the game. Uh, we go into overtime, felt very confident going into overtime, won the toss, want to play defense first so you know what you're up against. And uh, first one, they hit it under. Uh, guy made a good throw. We hit had it contested, just didn't quite make the play. I think it went for six yards. Second play, we get a negative play on a zero blitz, Mark Bimich on an inside zone. Third play, they checked the ball down uh, and couldn't quite finish the, the tackle. If we had a chance to tackle there, we're going to force a field goal attempt and, you know, kind of change the dynamics of the, the overtime. Unfortunately, they get it. Uh, they get it down there tight and end up scoring. So we get the ball and uh, still had – a lot of confidence in our offense. We had some good, good opportunities there and got it down really tight and, and uh, you know, fumbling on, on first and goal there. Unfortunate. Um, and Damian did some great things throughout the game. And uh, I know, you know, I'm sure he'd love to have that one back, but uh, we, uh, the ball came out and they got it. And that was it. I talked to a running backs coach at the NFL level. And he said the greatest running backs coach is coach technique, but never teach guys how to run, you know, never tell them where to run, how to run or that style because great runners do their thing. If, as you coach him out after that moment, what's the coaching for Damian Moore coming back? Cause he has been a great player for you. All year. Yeah. Chin it, chin it and clamp it, you know, ball security. And, uh, you know, Damian's done a really good job. He's had, he had some good runs in the game. Uh, he's played well talked. I think last week he's an instinctive runner. He, he doesn't miss many runs. Um, and uh, he'll learn from it. You know, he's got to chin the ball and clamp it. But, you know, again, there was probably 30 plays in that game. Could pick one of them that would have changed the outcome if we could have maybe executed a little bit better offense, defense, and special teams. So uh, it's not all on one play. Yeah, absolutely not. 
Yeah. All right, so let's turn the page now. The beauty of football is you've got another one coming in this week, Washington State. Give us a little preview of the Cougs from what you've seen on film. Yeah, um, offensively, you know, they're throwing it. They're running it more than people would remember Washington State. They have a talented back in Max Borgie. Um, they've played a number of different quarterbacks, all a little bit different style. Uh, Rolo is a, a good offensive coach, known him for a long time. So they'll have more multiples in the offense. Uh, they got a really good uh, receiver who's also a return man. Uh, very, very quick, plays in the slot. Uh, defensively, uh, taking the ball away at a hot, at a really, really rapid clip. And a lot of four-man front, a lot of movement. Uh, they'll mix it up on you there. And uh, they've been uh, really, I mean, even last week, you know, I think it was 13, they're up 13-10 with five minutes to go in the game and, you know, easily could have won that game, didn't turn out for them. So we know what's, what they're capable of, got a lot of them, and they'll come in here and battle. Well, Coach, as always, appreciate you coming on this week. Uh, I know it's tough and a loss, but uh, look forward to the Bears getting that consistency that you're looking for. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Mike. As we appreciate Coach Wilcox coming on the show. Always tough to do in a loss, and the Bears have been so close this year. Again, they lost one game by five, one game by two, one game in overtime. They've been right there for it, but as he points out, consistency is so key. You never know as an athlete which down is going to be the down that makes a difference, and so you have to stay absolutely mentally dialed in, focused on technique and assignment every single play, and if you're not, that may be the play that goes in the other team's favor, or if you are, then you win the play that goes in your favor. Coach talked about it. It's just, it's just the truth, I'm not trying to be harsh on any players, but you have an assignment. you got to take care of your assignment every single down. Uh, you know, I talked about it. Being focused every down, it's, a, it's one of the most difficult things to do. And when I was playing the year we won our world championship in the Arena Football League in Albany, every single day at practice and every skeleton period or seven, what they call seven-on-seven seven now, but every shell period, every team period, I would reiterate to every player being dialed in on the moment, living in the right now, absolutely this play is the only thing that I'm focused on. And when you can do that, when you string 60 of those together, you've had a great game. But if you start to lose focus, if you start to doubt, if it creeps in that you don't know your assignment, if you're not fully prepared, then that shows up in the game. And it's the other team's responsibility to exploit that in your technique. And so if they can find ways to do it, they will do it. A lot of good coaches out there, a lot of good players out there. And everybody is looking for that edge. You can't give it to them with a lack of focus. Well, coming up later this week, I will talk to Alex Brink, the color analyst for Washington State and former great quarterback up at Washington State. And we will do a Washington State preview. It's an intriguing team. A ton of takeaways this year. They are athletic. They are aggressive on defense. But they're also giving up the second half. They're losing games in the end of the game. Offensively, they've been bouncing around at quarterback. Jaden Delora didn't start the season as the quarterback for them, although he was the returning starter. I think some of that was punishment for his offseason issues. But then he came back in, was the starter for the Cougs, and then got injured in the SC game and so missed last game versus Utah. They run the ball well. Max Borgie, who is one of my favorite players in all of college football, uh, may be injured for this game. We'll have to see how that plays out during the week. He got his hand trapped underneath. He gave a nice stiff arm uh, to, to another player's face mask. And as they went down, his hand got trapped underneath the helmet. So it looked like he may have sprained that wrist. 
Uh, you hope it's not more than that. Obviously, you never want to see anybody get hurt. But it might be advantageous for the Bears that his left hand is not as good as it could be at that running back position. But he did not come back into the game last week versus Utah. So we'll see coming up. Cougs coming to Berkeley. That is a wrap on the Washington game. Like I always say, the beauty of football is you can't pout over the last game. You've got to get ready for the next one because you got another one coming up next Saturday. And the Bears do. And they've got a challenge coming in in Washington State. Very winnable game. If the Bears can stay focused on assignment, focused on technique and discipline, uh, and play at the level they're capable of, they're at home, hometown fans. I would love to see you guys there, of course. And as always, appreciate you guys watching. I'm Mike Pulaski for Bear Insider. This is the Ultimate Insider Podcast. Go Bears. Go Bears.